This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. The Emirates FA Cup Trophy's inaugural tour in New York City is underway. The Emirates FA Cup, which is behind our guest right now, is one of soccer's most prestigious tournaments. It's making its landmark appearance in New York City for the first time. The NYC takeover has led to exhilarating lineup of events, including collaborations with local sports teams and celebrities and surprise interactions with fans. And one of the U.S. legends lending his support to the trophy's historic visit is Tim Howard, who in May will be inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Tim, great to have you on Sports Jam. So good to be here. Thank you for that introduction and uh, the beautiful cup behind me. Uh, we're happy to be here. So first, congrats on being elected to the Hall of Fame. And I saw when you were first told that you were going to be in the Hall and you was on NBC Sports Soccer and you were a bit overwhelmed at the time when you learned about the honor. We are really proud to say and to let you know that you have been inducted into the National Soccer <laughs> Hall of Fame class of 2024. Oh <laughs> the induction will take place in May, but we selfishly want to be the ones to share with you that news. Do you want to say anything? Um, wow, incredibly honored. Thank you. Um, just uh, when you play football, you, you try and play for the love and play for the glory. And uh, hopefully along the way you do some things. And uh, I'm very nervous at the moment. That's, uh, that's really incredible. Congratulations, mate. That, that's so a marvelous much. career. Marvelous Appreciate career. It. Now that you've had a chance to think about it, what does it mean to you and who gets the most credit for this tremendous success of Tim Howard? Oh, thank you. It means, yeah, I was, I was a little taken aback, actually, um, surprised myself with that reaction because I just, I guess it it means so much and you think it, you think you know how much it means until someone actually bestows that honor upon you and, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And so uh, I was actually quite thankful for that reaction because it, it just showed me how much um, it means to go into the Hall of Fame, to be considered a Hall of Famer. And then you immediately start to look back on on your career and why you're there. And so, uh, gosh, <laughs> who deserves credit? So many people, so many wonderful people. Uh, certainly my mom who got me started and was with me throughout this journey. And I've had some legendary coaches, people who um, have guided my path along the way. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, David Moyes, Bob Bradley, uh, Bruce Arena, uh, just to name a few. So it's been a, it's been a special time for me. Yeah, I look back on my career with a few regrets, but not many, and uh, a lot of good times. And so I guess that's why uh, I have the the incredible honor of being a Hall of Famer. So, Tim, this week's Emirates FA Cup Trophy Tour is just another example of the global reach and significance of the competition. I guess that's why you definitely wanted to be involved, right? Well, that's right. And, and I think it's important to uh, the FA and, and to Emirates and, uh, you know, to broaden the horizons and expand uh, the outreach of this uh, beautiful trophy that I've had the, the good fortune of getting my hands on uh, quite a number of years ago. And it was special then and it's special now. There's a there's a pageantry and a romance and a drama to the FA Cup that is unlike any other um, uh, soccer or football tournament in the world. And um, because of everything that goes into it, because of the local teams, because of the David versus Goliath matchups and the replays, uh, it creates all of that drama. And what the FA and Emirates are trying to do is bring that um, to the doorstep of of New York City and to America, and to, and to have it be tangible. I, I have 
I've talked to people yesterday at our watch parties and and they said, can I touch the trophy? And they, their, their eyes light up and they get to hold the trophy and they're just literally in awe of it. And um, and that's what the FA Cup is. That's the beauty of it and the romance. And so uh, it's pretty special for um, people in New York City who have, who have come into the city for these events to to be able to experience it the same way I have. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about those uh, viewing parties, the exclusive ones that they were sold out. It, it, it was so exciting to, to people, Moonlight Studios and Soho, and uh, opportunity and collaboration with ESPN+. Plus. It's allowing fans to watch the matches on big screens. What has been the most touching or interesting conversation you've had with a fan this week? You know, what, what I enjoy most now that I'm not playing is is when fans and I've had I had a conversation yesterday is when fans come up to me and tell me a singular moment right like so having lived in England for 13 years you grow up in the shadows of Goodison Park or Old Trafford or or Stamford Bridge it's kind of normal right it's special and and there's a, there's a love that you have for your football club but it's normal and being so far away hence the reason the the FA Cup is now here in New York City is is to is to connect the two and to bridge that gap but because we're so far away as americans people always want to tell me the story of the moment they step foot at old trafford and they've you know been growing up watching manchester united or growing up watching chelsea football club or liverpool and the first moment they got to step into anfield and watch liverpool um their eyes light up and it's almost like they could they could start to tear up because it's uh you know, it's a it's a monumental opportunity for them, and so those are the st- type of stories that people share with me uh, most often. Is that first moment is is how they fell in love with their with with their club, and those are special to me because I understand it. I I lived that life. I I was able to be amongst um, the English public who, you know, had a love for Liverpool, had a love for City or for United, and I I lived it. I lived it every single day. I couldn't go to the coffee shop without experiencing that. So I feel very lucky and fortunate to share those stories, um, you know, with the people here in New York. Way before you got to the Premier League and and had all those wonderful experiences in England and elsewhere, your story is a normal one. Grew up in North Brunswick, New Jersey, and attended North Brunswick Township High School. What? Yes, that's the beginning for Tim Howard. How often do you think about the days you were a midfielder back then? You weren't even a goalkeeper, and you were a terrific basketball player, too. How often do you think about that start, and did you ever think that you could become a Hall of Fame goalkeeper after playing (laughs) midfield in high school? Well, um, you know, I tell people all the time, I had an incredible upbringing. Loved every second of my childhood. Really fun place to to grow up in North Brunswick, New Jersey, and yeah, sports was everything to my myself and my friends. Some of them who are still dear friends to me today. Could I have ever dreamt uh, that I'd play in the Premier League and World Cups and be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think I did dream it. It was a silly dream at the time, probably um, somewhat unattainable. But by the grace of God and some hard work, I was able to do that. But yeah, you talk about North Brunswick and some of those days kicking around midfield, uh, it shaped who I am today. You have such a great perspective now of this whole global reach of the game of soccer or football, depending on you know, what country you're talking about. What was the moment for Tim Howard that you said, whether you were on the field playing or you just said, this has really become a great sport here in the United States. We have reached a point where it's finally connected with the Americans? 
For me, it was it was 2010 in uh, South Africa at the World Cup. We were we were half a world away, and what we noticed as a as a team, um, it was a generational shift. Right, there was this. Um, people are interested in the World Cup, and they have been since 1994 when we when we first hosted. Um, and, and every World Cup since, people have been interested in it. But this was different. You know, 2010, you started to get social media. You know, you started to the, the world the world was shifting on, on how people were starting to consume things and how quickly they were getting their news and what what type of news they were getting. And we started to see in America. Um, and we remember it vividly as a team being down in South Africa with the time difference and all, and, and all the rest of it, um, seeing these watch parties in um, in Grant Park and Central Park and all these different places and people, you know, uh, everyday hardworking people skipping work and and going to the pub and chucking beer on each other when when we scored and you know Landon Donovan's famous goal against Algeria. So we we. We witnessed this shift, and I think ever since then, you can start to talk about the World Cup since and and the World Cup qualifiers and men's and women's uh, national team games, the way that people are consuming them and buying the jerseys and understanding um, the different players and you know being you know these these women and these men being heroes to our youth. Um, soccer has shifted in America, and we and we really got a chance to see that. And for me. Um, was it a singular moment? No, but I definitely remember 2010 being a pivotal one. Ball in here, chance for Emil Heskey to make it 2-1 England. The save he's made by Howard. Heskey should have scored. He needed to pull it across the goalkeeper. He drove it straight at Tim Howard. How does a guy from North Brunswick get to the Hall of Fame? Well, 10 MLS seasons from 98 to 2003 and then 2016 to 2019 when he was just 19 he made his debut with the metro stars in 98 two world cups for the u.s men's national team 2010 as he mentioned in 2014 a world cup record of 15 saves versus belgium in 2014 we'll talk about that in a minute and 13 premier league seasons with manchester united and everton from 2003 to 2016 132 clean sheets well-deserved the Hall of Fame status for sure. One thing that always uh, I struggle with a little bit with soccer is all the different leagues, okay? So we talk about the World Cup. We talk about the Emirates FA Cup. Can you can you put it all perspective for us how this all works and, and how the players can play for one team and play for another, but it all comes together for the soccer world. They enjoy it all. Yeah, and, and you're not alone. My wonderful, beautiful mother who had been on this journey with me would still during international week ask me why uh, I wasn't playing for Everton on a certain weekend. And I'd say, well, you know, here we are 20 years down the line and it's, it's international week. So I have to play for the national team. That's just how it works, mom. So um, yeah, it's interesting. There's, there's a bunch of different uh, match windows throughout the year where you have to fit in national team games. And, and, and during those periods, uh, all the club club soccer stops and, um, and then it, and then it starts up again the next week. And so um, I think the good side of that is just, just a lot of football to, to consume, a lot of good football, um, a lot of different teams to support. Um, but it is, I will say it's, it's confusing at times. It was even confusing for me. I just waited for someone to give me a ticket and get on a plane and, and, and I, I ended up in a foreign land and started kicking the ball. So it was pretty easy for me, but I understand how difficult it is uh, for some people to follow. If you never did get to see Tim Howard, as a goalkeeper, plenty of things you can check out on YouTube. 
And one of the saves, I, I specifically, it just kind of blew my mind. It was in 2010 that uh, it occurred in December 20th. And you showed everyone what you're really about. After making an initial save on, on a strike, and the ball kind of went off your fingers and then hit the goalpost, and you had to rush back because there were a couple of strikers behind you. And somehow you kept them from putting the rebound in the net. Determination, grit, never give up. That's Tim Howard, right? Uh, that's yeah. Thank you. That's me. I think that there are technical aspects of the game that you hope you master in any position. Um, but you know, the, the ones that I, I think are most important, particularly for, from a longevity standpoint are hunger, desire, grit, determination, all, all, all the things that I don't think you can teach, but you can learn. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for my time, particularly in the Premier League, because, that's what it taught me. You know, I went to Manchester United as a young kid. I was 22 years old and I was playing at the biggest and best club in the world with some of the biggest and best players. And um, I learned some harsh lessons very early on. And I think when you do that, it hardens you, but it also gives you an understanding of what it really takes to play at the highest level. And so, you know, again, I'm thankful for for that education very early on. And those intangibles stuck with me throughout my career and I hung my hat on them. Don't, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were plenty of mornings I woke up, looked myself in the mirror and thought, you haven't been very good recently, but you can continue to work hard and, um, you know, continue to push yourself forward. You probably don't know this, but you have something in common with one of my sports heroes of all time. And he did not play, well, he played football, but it was American football. And his name was Terry Bradshaw. And if you hear Terry Bradshaw talk about why he was so successful in the Super Bowl, he talked about he had an attention deficit disorder and had to focus so much during Super Bowl week that he didn't have any distractions from the outside world. He focused on the game. Now, you've had and talked about from early on in life. You knew that you had Tourette's disorder and obsessive-compulsive disorder, and you've talked about how you were able to focus while playing goalkeeper. It was, in some ways, very much a blessing for you, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um I talk about my my Tourette syndrome very fondly because um, it's given me it's given me so much in terms of my my footballing career my soccer career. There is a there's there's two sides. There's a there's a fear. There's a, there's a there's a scary side. We have to go out in front of the world and millions of viewers and seventy five thousand people at Old Trafford and and that's scary. It's scary to do when you have a disorder that's very facing and very visual. But the other side of it is. Um, the the field always gave me a reprieve from having to focus on my ticks. It gave me an opportunity to focus on the noise and the crowd and the ball and, and the players and really the task at hand. The task at hand was winning and communicating with my team and physically making saves. And that was the most beautiful distraction ever. And I got a chance to do that nearly every day and, and, and every week for, for two hours, I, I got an opportunity to do that. And so, yes, there's 100% a positive to it where you start to hyper-focus on something other than, um, you know, a disorder. And that's, uh, that's something that I've, that I've thrived in and I've tried to be on the other side, a voice for the voiceless and advocate for, for young kids with TS who are you know, newly diagnosed and don't, know which way is up and they feel like there is nowhere to turn and you know it's uh it's been a pleasure and an honor to represent them you've been a real role model throughout your career and when i you know i want to get back to a little bit more about the emirates tour but 
before we do, we have to talk about the World Cup record of 15 saves versus Belgium in 2014. Once again, you can go to YouTube and you can see all the saves. At first, it was credited with 16. Then they said, no, it was actually 15. De Bruyne digging out that pass is the dangerous. Onigay and Tim Howard's legs save the U.S. from going behind early again. He's having another outstanding competition so far. Tim Howard, 35 years of age, away by Omar Gonzalez. Aldevier out tries his luck. Eden Hazard. The Brown rims in space. Oregi goes alone. Tim Howard will get that one. More trouble looming. De Brown straight at Tim Howard. Most of those huge saves were with your legs. When we think about goalkeepers making saves, a lot of times it's with those amazing gloves that you know look like you have Mickey Mouse gloves. But when, it, when during that game, it was your legs that were incredible. How did you do that? Yeah, I uh, still don't know really. <laughs> you know, in, instinctual. You know, I, I talk to you know, when I talk to young goalkeepers. I always say, use your length. Use your you know, get those long limbs in the road, you know, take up good positions, um, make sure your angles are right. I think that's the that's the staple of any good goalkeeper is decision-making and and taking up the right angles. And once you do that, as I said, get, get all your limbs in the road. They're there, use them. So, um, you know, I try and try and uh, in, a, in a position that's really hard to dictate, try and dictate where shooters uh, are going to, are going to put the ball. And on that night, just kind of found a really good rhythm, got lucky a few times, but, ultimately was in the right place at the right time and uh, made some good saves. As they say, better to be lucky than good on some plays, right? <laughs> I I wanted to see what have you learned from this U.S. tour when it comes to uh, the Emirates FA Cup trophy tour? Has it changed you in any way? Well, what, I, what I've learned about the, the FA Cup is I, I knew how special it was, right? I, I, I've been one of the very fortunate people to get my hands on it and lift it and, um, you know, feel the pageantry on the day, um, you know, but, but what the FA and Emirates have done is they've allowed everybody to feel that. And I kind of, kind of knew uh, the hunger and the passion would be there. I, I live in New York city and, and been all over America. And I, and I know the hunger that we have for the game football. Um, but when you see it up close and personal and the lights are on it and the trophy shining and people are again coming from taking off work and coming off the street and um you 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 begin to realize uh exactly what it means and like i said i, I kind of knew it it's just been it's just been confirmed in the last couple of days that yeah this is real and this is special to americans and they have an attachment uh, to the fa cup into the tournament and, and and the drama and all the pageantry the world cup's final is coming to East Rutherford, New Jersey, in 2026, had the announcement earlier this uh, this month. I know that Governor Phil Murphy. We talked to him. He was really excited. Obviously, he owns you know the the, the women's team that went all the way this year. Thus, wearing the uh, champions hat on my head here, Tim. How exciting is that for you, knowing that you're a, you're a Jersey native, and the World Cup final is being played just a short drive up the turnpike for where you started. It's amazing. I'm also nervous if I can get tickets or not. But um, if you can't get a ticket, we're in trouble. I hear you. I, I, listen, I'm with you. Um, but no, I grew up in the shadows of of the Meadowlands and East Rutherford. Started my 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 playing career in the old Giant Stadium, which is on the same hollow grounds, and um, just witnessed that. I mean, that's been that's been a mecca for for so much 
soccer in this area. And, you know, I, for me as a, as a kid from New Jersey, there's no place that it should be played. You know, it's the epicenter of the world. And um, I'm excited for what it has offered. It will be a rousing success. I mean, New York just doesn't fail at putting on events. And um, the fact that the world's eyes are going to be on us is going to be the, you know, for all intents and purposes, the biggest World Cup in history in terms of the financial numbers, the viewing numbers, um, the amount of teams here. It's just it's just going to be one of the most special sporting moments in, in American history, never mind soccer. I asked my sports students just yesterday, if you had an opportunity to talk to Tim Howard, what would you want to know? And one of the students uh, at Brookdale Community College said, what's the biggest difference, in your opinion, when it comes to international play and playing in the MLS? I think that it is, you know, when I when I went abroad to play, it was the best players from around the world. You know, you talk about quality versus quantity. You know, the the Premier League has both. You know, they have enough money to buy a lot of quality, and so it's everywhere. And what I found was you know, in sports and soccer, windows open and shut, opportunities come and go, right? You, you have an opportunity to score a goal. You might have a lot of time on the ball. Um, as a goalkeeper, you might have extra time to take up a, a, a certain position. It is it is warp speed. The game uh, abroad is played at such a high pace, such a fast pace. It's very unforgiving and unrelenting. And that's why you see so many heroes and villains because there's so, so many opportunities to make mistakes and there's so many opportunities for glory, but uh, that would be the biggest difference. So as we wrap up this edition of sports jam and the Emirates FA cup trophies, inaugural tour in New York city, you've done a lot of things now. So what's the next step in the, the career for Tim Howard? I know you do some broadcasting, but you wanted to be a part of this event. How do you see your role now moving forward? Uh, great question. Uh, yes, I love I love my team um, at NBC and and the the job that we do covering the Premier League. Uh, love so I, I really enjoy broadcasting. I, I would hope that that continues for a very long time. But I do I do enjoy um, being around football in so many different capacities. So uh, opportunities are are endless, and the game has offered and continues to offer opportunities. But first and foremost, I'm focused on television. So I love it. During your Hall of Fame induction in may does mom get the first hello or kind of shout out during the speech I, she'll, she'll she'll get an important one i i haven't written a speech yet so <laughs> i mean i'm not sure where she falls but she'll be uh she'll know how important she is the incredible tim howard has been our guest here on sports jam the emirates fa cup trophies inaugural tour in new york city is well underway this week and people are getting a chance to meet tim if they haven't already they might have you might have met him in North Brunswick High School back then. This is my first opportunity to talk with this uh, wonderful individual, and I thank you for being a part of Sports Jam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can catch all the shows by going to wbgo.org slash sportsjam or wbgo.org slash studios. You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Special thanks going out this week to Joe Favorito for hooking us up with Tim Howard. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.